This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As always, a lot to talk about here tonight. But I figured we'd start things out with something a little bit lighter, a little lighter fare to to begin the show. Because, you know, it's normally just bad news all around. Uh, We try to keep it as positive as possible, talking about potential solutions. But, I mean, look... The reality in the world is that the government's on the rise, the intrusiveness, the oppressiveness, the expensiveness of the state continues to increase, so it's not hard to find those stories. And occasionally we'll find you good news stories as well, so this isn't good news and it's not bad news, it's just fun. It's from The Onion, and I think, it, uh, I think, it'll, I think our audience will be able to appreciate this one uh, due to the, well, certain members of our audience. The title is, Conspiracy Theorist Has Elaborate Explanation for Why He's Single. (laughs) In light of a broken engagement two years ago, area school bus driver and longtime conspiracy enthusiast Robert Erickson outlined an intricate theory to Reporters Tuesday to explain his failure to begin a new relationship. He said, I'm alone today due to the covert machinations of dozens, possibly hundreds of women in several countries. Uh, Erickson, who's 38, said, What we're looking at is a plot of epic proportions, which may seem counterintuitive, but that is, in fact, precisely what they would like you to believe. Yes, they would. Erickson said he began to suspect a hidden hand at work during the months following his 2004 breakup with then-fiancée Sarah Osborne, when potential dates routinely refused to return his calls or emails. (laughs) Erickson cites a comprehensive archive of past girlfriend-related historical evidence that he's collected over the past 10 years. Erickson, considered the top Robert Erickson romantic failure expert in the country, has spent years studying the hundreds of letters, photographs, receipts, gifts, and videotapes of himself with former girlfriends looking for a common pattern. The focus of Erickson's current research is the six-day period preceding his breakup with Osborne back in May of 2004. According to phone company records, I called Sarah at exactly 7.34 p.m. on March 8, 2004 and asked her to have dinner with me, which she agreed to do after a quick shower. Twelve minutes later, at 7.46 p.m., Sarah called to say she'd changed her mind about dinner, but wanted to come to my apartment to deliver some news. It was there that Osborne announced she no longer wished to marry Erickson. He continued, What happened in that 12-minute gap? What or who got to her? And why won't she release her phone records to me? Erickson said, "Why won't she release her phone <laughs> records to me?" Erickson said, "A coordinated, secret, high-level, uh, high-level effort is the only plausible explanation." That's it. There are wheels within wheels, he said. Even before the date, or even the date, rather, March 8th, 2004, sounds the alarm bells, Erickson said. March 8th is the 67th day in the Gregorian calendar. Pope Gregory VIII was uh, was a subject familiar to Sarah, who minored in Renaissance history in college. Also, if you add the numbers 3, 8, and 2000... Oh, 2004, you get 2015. Add 201 and 5, and once again, you get 8. Exactly the, exactly the number of women I dated exclusively before I met Sarah. Others targeted by Erickson as conspiracy players include a female dispatcher who works for his bus company, his mother, and a waitress he asked out three months ago. 
Erickson has even traced the conspiracy to figures in the highest echelons of American society, including former Cosmopolitan editor Helen Gurley Brown, Oprah Winfrey, and the TV series Sex in the City. Recently, Erickson examined a newly unearthed 1997 video of him and then-girlfriend Donna Soderblom at his sister's wedding. According to Erickson, repeated slow-motion viewings revealed a telling detail. <laughs> See that sneer and eye roll on Donna's face after she turns away from me and goes back to talking to my sister? It's all there in frames 336 through 408. Longtime friend Keith Warren agrees that Erickson's single status is not a fluke, but he rejects Erickson's analysis. Warren said, I explain all of Bob's difficulties in my meticulously researched and voluminously footnoted lone wardrobe theory. Erickson dismissed Warren's analysis. Warren's theory is interesting, but it has a long way to go in explaining why I've remained single for more than two years. There is no explanation why, for example, I am rejected by women even when I go out to bars. Also, a lot of men fit that description, he added, including Sarah's current boyfriend, Burke. An 18-page manifesto that explains Erickson's theory in more detail is available for free download from his website. 800-259-9231. That's the number. You can dial in, take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. I just thought that was particularly appropriate considering the conspiracy-type callers that we get on the show. It's darn funny, I I must say. The Onion always has a good article. I am a huge fan of The Onion. And, funny story, I guess. You know, we just we just don't use it often enough. But that's not to say there's nothing ever good in The Onion. It's just to say that I just don't get around to checking it often Well, I don't enough. want people listening to the show and uh, thinking that uh, what we're reading is factual when, when they, you know, tune in and tune out real quick. That's the problem with The Onion. Is this, this so well written? Is that it could be true? Well, I mean, but then again, the Onion does pull from reality sometimes sure. when they create their uh, story. So, I mean, they're... Yes, uh, this guy is fictional, but that's not to say that there aren't a bunch of lonely conspiracy theory guys out there who do nothing but spend time in their mother's basements uh, researching some obscure fact about the Oklahoma City bombing or something like that. It's absolutely true. So, so this guy could be real. It's just that you know we don't know him. We don't know for sure. I have met some people who have some pretty interesting theories about CIA agents or the president himself being out to get them. and It's scary sometimes, though, because there are people out there who I've met who actually believe that things that happen in their own life are the result of some kind of conspiracy. Really? Yeah. Like at the, at the, like the federal level, that kind of thing? Well, people, that's what they believe. Mm-hmm. I would say that they probably have some kind of dementia going on for the most part i mean it's hard to tell these days i'm so, i'm sure some people do have government agents who are keeping an eye on them but you're probably not going to know about it if there are in fact men trying to keep track of you it's true i mean there's there's always that possibility whether it's probable or not is another question and i think that the people that are caught up in their own little world of their conspiracy theory would like to believe that what they're doing is important enough to warrant such uh well, spying behavior being engaged against them. Yeah, if you think that the feds are watching you, you've got to step back and ask yourself, why would they be watching you? What would be the purpose of putting not one fed, not two feds, but they'd have to have teams of feds. Uh, you know, you've, at, at the very least, at eight hours apiece, uh, two yeah. guys watching, you're talking about six feds uh, per week, and that's uh, that's really minimal. You're really talking about eight or ten feds uh, working at $70,000 apiece, uh, the, <laughs> the FBI. Um, so well, money is no object well, to them. $700,000 a year? Uh, I mean, you're worth that kind of money? Yeah, really? You, you have to think of all the other people out there 
who the feds might want to keep an eye on more than you. And right. if that's you're true. an average person, there's pizzas a lot. Pizzas or whatever it is <laughs> you do. I mean, I'm not saying that, that pizza delivery men are somehow lesser. I'm just saying that you have an average job. You live an average, relatively, life, except for the lack of girlfriend part. Uh, you know, They're not watching you, I swear. Totally they're not never. listening to your phone calls. They're not doing this. 1-800-259-9231. Well, they, they probably aren't. There's no, They're certainly probably no not. evidence I mean, of it. Wouldn't they have a much better reason to, uh, to, to, to trail me than they would You'd these think, people? But then again, you are a minarchist, so it's not like you're completely against no, the state. No, but if you listen to the show and you just decide to lump us all together, because uh, government people do tend to, to That's think true. in groups. They're not so great at the, the whole investigating well, thing. Well, they might have a file on you somewhere. I'm sure and that there's a too. file. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe there's a file. Wouldn't, wouldn't you be disappointed, by the way, if there wasn't a file i i kind of assume at this point i expect i'd like to open it up someday right but you can what if there wasn't what if um you know you, you managed to get a, a guy who was on the inside of the feds he'd report to you know they he'd give you some information he's like no nick no nothing sorry it would be a little bit disappointing it would be at the same time a little bit reassuring too i mean maybe well, they'd they'd open a file. Not have a file maybe they would me. open a file based on your inquiring about whether or not there was a file so right. maybe they would send you, oh, yeah, we don't have a file on you, but who is this guy? He's asking about his file. And they would, you know, then open up a file and find out about you. Um, uh, because I you have to submit a Freedom of Information right. Act request first. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a list of the people who submitted those requests and they're on the list. Yeah. You know, I, it wouldn't surprise me, but certainly a lot of people take it way too far and think that they're being targeted much more than they actually are because they're probably not being watched at all. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Now, there are some people that the federal government are very interested in tracking and watching. Uh, they have to do with the business of making sure that your pee is clean if you're a drug user. And, Nick, do you have that story? Uh, I do have We're that gonna story. We're going to get to it here in moments. They're targeting yet another company that's in this business. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And they include the live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version. We got a webcam as well. It's all free for you over at listen.freetalklive.com. Again, that's listen.freetalklive.com. Sex with the Virgin Mary? She's waited long enough, and Jimmy Cahill, a boozing, crowsing cabbie from Boston, has been tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel is a great read, informative on the legal process, and sure to damn author Charles Webb to hell. Get it at Amazon.freetalklive.com or go to sexwiththevirginmary.com. You can listen to an interview with Mr. Webb on the uh, FTL podcast from last Saturday. Did you get the chance to label that? No, I didn't. Sorry about that. We need to la label that. Um, you know, it's uh, last Saturday's show, the uh, 22nd. It's sexwiththevirginmary.com. He's a Free State Project member, too. Good deal. All right. So we continue here, and the news is apparently the Wizenator was not enough for the federal government. They have gone after or are planning on going after yet another uh, P-Clean company. The Wizenator actually is, as I recall, a product that is not a test clean. It's not a chemical that you drink. It's actually a... a Prosthetic penis. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fake phallus that, uh, you, that you essentially load with somebody's clean urine 
And then when you're uh, doing your urine test, you're essentially pulling that out instead of your real unit, and it's, you're using the, the, the clean urine. It's that. actually a pretty advanced piece of technology. I guess it had a heating element, so it would keep the urine at the temperature where it should be because... Sometimes they check that Right, stuff, they'll huh? check that, and it could tip them off. Um, but and they they pled guilty? The, yes. The two men who run the company, uh, George Wills and Robert Catalano, um, pled guilty in federal court to two charges of conspiracy. Uh, so they could face up to eight years in prison and a half a million dollar fine. I have to say that the conspiracy charge is one of the most outrageous charges, I think, in the repertoire of government charges. I mean, yeah, it's it's right. I would say it's even worse than disorderly conduct conspiracy you didn't do anything you thought about it and talked about doing something you didn't actually do anything couldn't they go after a company that makes bolt cutters because those are used in robberies a lot or break for conspiracy to, yeah yeah i mean they're making product a product that they must know is used for illegal purposes uh, at least some percentage of the bolt cutters they make must be used by criminals well i um i <laughs> i think that one can make the uh the argument that the wizenator is Always used to, at the very least, circumvent a uh, a, a um, urinalysis test, if not a government urinalysis test. So they're always, so it's always used for illicit purposes, if not illegal. So that maybe one could make that argument. I, you know, I'm not saying that it's a good one necessarily. I think that one should be allowed to have a prosthetic uh, urine warming penis if they want it. Uh, but you know. Well, I mean, you could make that argument, but if you go down that road, then lockpicking equipment, which I'm sure a lot of it's mm. used by criminals, but you might have a legitimate pur- purpose for it if you're a locksmith. Can they you think of that. one legitimate Radar purpose detectors? of the Wizardator, just out of curiosity? I'm not... Uh, I, I'm not coming up with anything. Um, I suppose some kind of sexual aid? I, I No. <laughs> I'm just I, trying to think of something. No, I can't. I, I can't think of a legitimate purpose for it, but I still don't think it's a crime to make a, you know, a prosthetic body part that is used for i it's not necessarily illegal i mean i i'm sure there's some element of fraud involved there but the drug test might not be you know it might not be for parole or something it might be for a high school sports team so they might not actually be breaking right so they might yeah. not actually be breaking a law they might be. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. Either way, it's that. clear that the federal government has an interest in going after uh, various different products and services that cater to the illegal drug user marketplace. They went after Tommy Chong a few years ago for, for putting his name on a well, bong. Well, he did make the mistake of marketing it as a bong f- for illicit drug use, and that is paraphernalia in most states. Did he? I, he didn't. He didn't say it was a tobacco bong, and I think it was implied somewhere online or with a statement he made that it was for marijuana, Jeez. and that's where you make the slip-up. And they claim that the Wizenator, they went after them, they claim because of some of the claims on their website about people actually saying, I used this to well, get out of, or, or to, to, I used this to beat the Department of Transportation or something I, like well, that. Well, I have like I, I have the statement here from their website, and their website said, the company said, the Wizenator is the ultimate solution for a drug testing device. Uh, it's the, they also build themselves as the undisputed leader in synthetic urine. So they made it very clear that this was for beating a drug test, for circumventing that. Um, well, how dare they? How dare they have the audacity to believe that they could make a product and sell it in a, in a somewhat free marketplace in this country, in the land of the free? Who told them this was a free country, those fools? How dare they? Well, they're not just going after the Wizenator, folks. It looks like they're going to go after the makers of a similar device, uh, that's marketed uh, under the name Number One. Before you go on, if you already said it, it's based on it. What was the uh, the what did they plea out to? 
did it specify what the terms were? Uh, well, like probation? They, they pled guilty, but they haven't been sentenced so no sentencing. yet. Okay. So they could still receive under the law. I don't know if they had a deal. It's probably quiet if they did. They could face up to eight years in prison and a half million dollar fine mm. on the wow. conspiracy charges. So they're looking at some serious time there. So uh, but else? it's not going to do any good. I mean, they're going to be able to make these products in China or Thailand or somewhere where the government sure. hasn't outlawed them. And drug users are going to be able to order them online and yeah. have them shipped through eBay. I mean, well, it's not going to make a difference. You're absolutely right. It, it's not going to make a difference, but it will scare some people in this country, and it will result probably in significant amount of money being transferred to the federal government. Uh, and, 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 of course, it will result in their business being shut down. How do you recover from, some, from something like that? All their, all their uh, clients will probably be paranoid. Yeah, the extortionists uh, with the badges will be able to go into local head shops if they, uh, if they, you know, if there's a Chinese prosthetic urine warming penis out there that uh, they're they're selling locally rather than online, they'll be able to go in and bust head shops. They love well, that crap. They, they might. I mean, they're charging these guys with counts of conspiracy. But are, are you, they going to be able to charge the vendor who's selling it? I mean, these guys were the ones who actually were in charge of making the device. They designed it. Who are knows, you, man? It seems, mean, like they, it seems like they can do whatever they want. I never would have thought that a company like this would have come under fire, but here you are. Uh, I mean, they're, they're going after pornographers. They're going after the sellers of uh, drug paraphernalia-related things like this. I mean, nobody's safe. No. I, certainly, you can never tell what the government's going to... Uh, make illegitimate necks. I mean, right, there's no eyes, reason why it couldn't be your business, right, whatever I, that is. I mean, in their eyes, I think they'd like to charge as many people as possible if they can make the charges stick, and it doesn't really matter to them. So my feeling is they're going to keep pushing the envelope and see what sticks, because they have nothing to lose sure. by prosecuting somebody, and they, the charges get dismissed. So who's who are they going after now? After the, this? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't work for the government. Oh, I thought you said that oh, it was identified oh, in the story. Oh, yeah. They are going after the makers of number one, which was a competitor. I don't know how much market share Is this another penis? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. the same pro- I mean, it's the same product, <laughs> but made by a different company, essentially. Very competitive gotcha. prosthetic, prosthetic penis I, I don't. Department. I mean, I'm not, I don't really know too much about this industry, so I don't know how Man. many companies there are out there making these products. But if anybody, are, if any of them are listening to this show, you better, like, pull your money out of your bank account now and close your doors. You might as well just stop. At this point. Well, I mean... I Zip it up and go home. There yeah. might be a fire sale online. I mean, people might be scrambling to get their hands on these because they're not going to be making them anymore. Uh, yeah, if you've got a Wizenator, it could be a collector's item at this point. Yeah, so, I don't know. Check out what's on eBay or any other site and see if you can find one of these. Toll-free toll number here is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, Mark, I don't know if you still have the story, but you had something about child support. you still have that one? We'll get yep. to that here in moments. And your calls as well about anything. This is... Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, and those features include updates. You get signed up. And we keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just head over to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Also want to invite you to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's happening in March uh, from the 5th through the 8th in beautiful Nashua, New Hampshire. Uh, We're all going to be hanging out at the Crown Plaza Hotel out there with all kinds of liberty-oriented people Hundreds of them, all in the same place for probably the biggest liberty convention that you've ever been to. Uh, certainly some big names going to be in attendance. Dr. Mary Ruart recently announced. Uh, David Nolan, uh, the founder of the Libertarian Party. Glenn Jacobs, WWE's Kane. David Berglund, Libertarian presidential candidate. Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com. Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land. Angela Keaton from Anti-War. Uh, dot com and uh, very own Will Buchanan from the Walk for Liberty is going to be there as well. So uh, plus Free Talk Live going to be broadcasting the entire weekend. Plus lots of great panel discussions, uh, opportunities to network and to socialize, dinners and parties. And man, it's going to be a good time. Looking forward to being there and seeing you there. Uh, but you should get signed up now because the early bird discount I'm being told is going to go away very soon. So you go won't be an early bird soon. That's right. So go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and use our discount, uh, discount code to save 10% extra off the already low $199 early bird price. So save an extra 10% if you use the code 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. Uh, it's going to be a huge event. It's going to be the third one and really looking forward to being there. So we'll see you there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. By the way, I also want to invite you to uh, visit Nick over on his website at freemindstv.com. Uh, not just doing TV these days, though. Free Minds now has a radio show and uh, you're slowly taking over the United States radio station by radio station. Uh, and you can listen to them uh, live on Sunday afternoons on the Free Talk Live streams, actually. Uh, they, we host them uh, from 3 to 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, Eastern Time. All, the, all that detail, podcasts, their television show, all available free at freemindstv.com. Is that right? That's right. right. Or freemindsradio.com if you're a radio listener and that's the way you think about it. Either one will work. Excellent. Uh, So we go on here. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. Mark, you want to tell us about child support. What's going on? Well, um, it's a strange story. See if you can stick with me on this one. Okay. Over the past seven years, Walter Andre Sharp Jr. has been forced to pay $12,000 in child support. That's a lot of money. Jailed four times and estranged from his four children. It all began to unravel seven years ago when he signed a certified letter from the Dauphin, Dauphin County Domestic Relations in 2001 and found himself covering the child support of another man. Oh, no. We've heard of these stories before. In the meantime, the real father, Andre Sharp, this is Walter Andre Sharp Jr., um, is the other guy. So you've got Andre Sharp and Walter Andre Sharp Jr. So, Oh, are they related? No. Okay. Has been living with the girl for the last four years. You with me? So the other guy has been living with her for four years. Right. The, the, you know, the, the little girl, whomever, uh, who's getting the, the child support. The real dad is... Right, is, is living with them. It's right there. Gotcha. There's not even a dad, not a dad in the house. This nightmare did not end until May 2007 when a judge reversed a finding that Sharp was the father. But 
The state agency refuses to seek the return of the money, and there appears to be no action planned against the real parents who let this poor sucker get drained and jailed for their daughter's support. Wow. Now, can you imagine? I mean, these people are like, hey, this is great. We're getting $300 a month. Well, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. I don't know what, it, what, what child support would be. Um, yeah. But something like that. Hey, this is awesome. These jerks. And then the state backs him up by not by just letting him out of jail and right. saying that's that. The state used coercive power to get this twelve thousand dollars out of this guy and give it to these deadbeats, and now they're not going to go after the deadbeats for receiving the money. Now I that don't is know. Amazing. As far as I'm concerned, it's you know I look at the deadbeats and I think well you can't get blood out of a turnip that twelve grand's gone. Right. Um, well the state was the one responsible for extracting it in the first place. And they, so. Right. They, the state extracted it, but then you look at the state and that's all of us. Yeah. So, you know, do you want the taxpayers to pay? It's, it's really a bizarre story. Um, moreover, the agency fought his efforts to have DNA testing to prove that he wasn't the father. Mm. They fought it. A position <laughs> that should result in someone being fired. Why would the state agency be state. opposed to a test to determine if the agency was victis- victimizing an innocent man? Well, they'd want to be caught with the mud on their face. They don't want to look. They don't want to, uh, you know, look bad. Not that it matters to them, really. I mean, it really doesn't matter because even if they, be, even if they are caught with mud on their face, it's not like it's going to stop them from getting funding the next year. No. But still, they don't want. They don't want to be put in that position. The problem here is the victim is clearly not um, a particularly adept person, and the agency seems more geared towards forcing child support payments than determining if it's the correct parent. Mm, sure. I fail to see why the agency is not equally concerned about assisting people who claim to have been wrongly identified. Doesn't that make sense? Like, you know, there's, there's assisting people to get their money from <laughs> deadbeats. Well, shouldn't they be assisting people who are getting their money extracted if from them they by were deadbeats? Con- yes, you were, you'd be right if you were dealing with an agency that in any way was concerned with its public relations or in any way concerned with customer relations or whatever you want to call these people, victim relations. But they're not, uh, because the the one tool that the state has at its uh, in the in its inventory to use on people is the threat of force and actual force when it's you know when it needs to, and it doesn't really know anything else. It's not interested in making its customers happy, and it's not interested in doing the right thing or checking it, you know, making sure that they've crossed the right T's and dotted the right I's. All it's interested in doing is extracting money from people. That's and you know and forcing them to do things that they don't want to do or forcing them not to do things that they do want to do. That's all it really does. If you get anything else out of the state, you're lucky. Sharp's problem began when he received a letter that clearly confused him with the real father, Andre Sharp. Andre Sharp had a different date of birth, a different social security number, and a different previous address. <laughs> nice. He also knew he hadn't fathered a child with a woman named Terry Jones on the only trip he ever took to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So no investigation there whatsoever. I mean, clearly they did not even begin to look into this, you know, this discrepancy between the two names. In the same way that uh, with the Freedom Fest situation here in Keene, where myself and Toby, Nick's co-hosts, were both ticketed for allegedly being organizers of some unpermitted uh, unpermitted event. And, and actually, Nick, from what I understand, they actually had a, a citation with your name written. I wasn't present, so I didn't get one. You so. weren't, yeah, you weren't cited. So apparently their level of investigation was to find as many names as they could as quickly as possible and not actually find the real organizers. Well, they, they actually said that what they did was they just took the top two organizations that were listed to be at the right. event. And they, they said they didn't feel like going through the whole list and sending them to everyone. So they just went with the top two because they knew yep. basically where to find us. 
Then later, after they finally got wind that the activists were planning a major sit-in at the the court for uh, Toby and I's arraignment, when they found that out, then all of a sudden they decided to drop the charges. And actually, I think it helped that Toby went to meet with the prosecutor and, and talked to him. Well, the, the, the prosecutor did also realize that they, they ticketed people who didn't actually coordinate the whole thing. Right, so. but I wonder if he would have done that uh, that extra research if it hadn't have been for the uh, the rumblings of possible more civil disobedience coming out of all this. I don't know. It seems like he, if he was going to do it, he would have done it initially before they wrote the tickets. Who knows? Well, anyway, I was just giving that as an example of yet another, I mean, a local example that we've seen personally where there's no investigation even by somebody who should be considered an investigator. Even by, I mean, it's their job to uh, to investigate crimes, and they don't even bother. So, what can you expect out of the uh, Department of Children and Families, or whoever the hell, whichever bureaucracy it is that we're talking about here? Sharp made a stupid mistake by not responding, but that is not an uncommon response by many people. Assume that the problem has been rectified, will be rectified in some time by the bureaucracy. On May the 29th, 2001, since neither man attended the conference, Dauphin County Judge Scott A. Evans, as required by law, issued a a ruling finding that Walter Andre Sharp was the father. Oh, no! Domestic Relations now blames Walter Sharp, a former trash collector, for not filing the proper motions in court to disestablish paternity. Right, it's his fault, because he should have known what to do, right? Because we all know, I mean, we're all so well-versed in uh, paternity law... Oh, wait. No, you don't know paternity law either? What tell, a shock. Tell, do you know how to file a motion? No, I have no idea. And I doubt that the clerks down there would be too helpful with you either. Like if you went down and asked them how. I haven't seen a lot of help from yeah, the clerks not bloody filing likely. motions. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do so by becoming an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing new Internet listeners on board from around the world. You can help us out with that if that sounds useful. Plus, you get perks like access to the amp-only call in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are waiting for you at amp.freetalklive.com. Again, amp.freetalklive.com. Mark, you're telling us a story that should be pretty instructive for people. And uh, that is, well, specifically men, I guess, in this particular case. They seem to be victimized the most when it comes to uh, stories like this. We're talking about child support. And we're talking specifically not about a deadbeat, but about somebody who was victimized, completely victimized by the state. Uh, Essentially, there was some sort of a mix-up. This is my understanding of the story. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Mark. There was some sort of a mix-up, and a guy that had a similar name, somewhat similar name to another guy, but nothing else similar. Date of birth, completely different. Uh, Town he lived in was different. Uh, Anyway, they, they sent a notice to him saying that he had to appear because of some sort of paternity test or blah, blah, blah. You know, you're going to owe child support if you don't appear at blah, 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 whatever. And he says to himself... How could I possibly owe child right, support I for a child I didn't have? No Ooh. big deal. I'm, I am i don't have time to go here. Yeah, I've got things to do. From what I, I understand, it was uh, quite a ways away, too. Yeah, this is nonsense. I've never even heard of this uh, woman. What is this? Uh, this is obviously a mistake. I'll just ignore this and move on with my life. Well, it turns out because he ignored it and didn't show up, 
they decided in his absence that he was indeed the father of the child. And he was ordered to pay child support and paid it for, what was it, seven years or something like that? It's crazy. Paid child support for seven years before finally having it overturned. So he doesn't have to pay now, but he's not getting any of his money back. Well, he didn't pay it every month, um, you know, when it came up. Check this out. The problem um, is, obviously, the uh, the state says that it's that this former trash collector guy, uh, Walter Sharp, it's his fault for not filing the proper motions in court to disestablish paternity. By that, they mean going to court and saying, I, I'm not the father. If mm-hmm. he would have gone, it would have taken care of it, or if he would have responded to the letter, likely it would have taken care of it, but he just ignored it. The problem is that it took a reporter less than two hours to track down the real father, but this incompetent state agency not only failed to do so, but spent all of its time opposing any means to determine the real father. The right, lawyers actively stu- uh, prevented right, him. Right. They, 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 didn't, they, they refused to do a DNA test. The oh, lawyers man. for the agency appear to have had little interest in determining if its claims had merit and simply carried out their duties robotically. Okay. During his incarceration. During his incarcerations and job terminations, Sharp had trouble maintaining his real family. Can you imagine that? In May 2005, his 15-year-old son, Walter Sharp III, was murdered by a robber in Norristown. Oh, my. Maybe if Dad had been there. Now, you know, it's a step in logic, but maybe if Dad had been there. It's a possibility. Andre Sharp, that's the the real guy there, says that he did not know that um, that Jones and the child's grandmother were seeking support since he claimed to have been supporting the child. The grandmother said that she did not receive support money while the girl lived with her and that she simply would throw out domestic relations notices without opening them. However... Wait, wait, wait. wait, This is... I guess the daughter... You know, obviously, if this is a support case, things are a little screwy. I guess that the, uh, the, the mom had given the care of the daughter over to the grandmother okay. for a period of time. And, and she wasn't it, even co- collecting the checks? Who, the grandmother? Right. Grandmother. Yes, she was throwing out the checks without opening them. So the money then defaults to the state's bank account? I can only guess. Interesting. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is the part where I don't get it. Um, and, and who's going to lie here? Mm-hmm. The people getting the money or the people having, you know, um, I mean, the only person here who's likely not to be telling a lie is uh, Walter Andre Sharp Jr. Well, it's it should be easy enough to find out whether or not she was cashing the checks. But is the state going to bother jumping through those who likely no. they won't. Right. Unless they're ordered to. Which okay. why is the judge going to order them to do that? She so she threw out the domestic relations notices without opening. However, Sharp's lawyer says that Battle fought efforts to, uh, to uh, get DNA get, get DNA testing. Uh, that would have been the uh, the, st- the state the Battle. Um, maybe that's the grandmother. I don't know. They don't have enough information on the story here. Yeah. What about the mother? Someone received this money, and Andre. Somebody received this money, and Andre Sharp says that he had regular contact with Jones. It seems that there is not just gross incompetence by the state agency, but fraud to be pursued in this case. It also shows how. How, once again, domestic relations court staff um, need to be removed, uh, you know, in, in this country. And it seems that these agencies are a steady force of scandals and injustices. Mm. What is truly galling is how the agency fought all efforts to determine the truth and now blame the victim. Let's go to your phone calls. You bring up anything here. Ian, uh, Ian is on the line in Kansas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. It's good to talk to you. Hey, what's uh, on your mind, Ian? Well, my case is not nearly as bad as the as the gentleman you referred to, but it is kind of crazy. Uh, in August of 2005, I was I had to work a second job, as many people have to do, they shouldn't have to do, and I was helping a guy roof a house, and the 
ladder slipped out from underneath me, and I destroyed my leg. Mm. One of the worst injuries my orthopedic surgeon ever saw. Anyway, prior to this, my son's mother and I were, we got along pretty well. We, we, we were not together, but we decided we kind of worked things out without the courts and all that nonsense. That's good. Well, I couldn't work anymore, and she had financial problems and had to go to Big Brother to help her out uh. and got a state assistance. And they forced her to put me on child support. Oh, my gosh. Yes, if you get even assistance. Even though I wasn't working, even though I was injured. Uh, and I accrued a debt of, gosh, about $1,000 before I was even able to work. And she brought this up in court. She's not my enemy. We're just not together. Yeah. Uh, but they said they didn't care because she's receiving assistance from the government. Furthermore, after three years of paying, I've missed a few payments here and there. But I've tried to pay as much as I can, despite the debt. Uh, she's not received a penny of the child support. Really? Why is that? Subsidize my debt. They they put a debt in my name. They pay for the services rendered, and then basically she gets nothing in the in the meantime. So I'm just kind of curious what you guys think about that sort of thing. If you've heard anything else like that, you know. <laughs> so the state is just collecting the money from you. And then the state's also sort of giving her welfare at the same time? Right. And I understand, you know, why the, the debt is absorbed. We all know that our income tax is all absorbed into the debt the government borrows at interest. They're not really, we're not really paying for those services. And I understand that. But the fact is, is that I went to court and I tried to fight. I tried to get that amount taken off. I didn't try to stop the order. I just tried to get the amount taken off that was accrued to my you know, that was debted to me while I couldn't work. While I wasn't physically able to work. I couldn't mm. walk for seven months. You know, and I had a doctor's. I had all the medical information. No dice, uh, huh? Socialist security d- denied me. I'm sure you're surprised at that. But mm. nevertheless, I mean, this is just a, been a mess. And so I'm actually in the process of trying to sue the state of Missouri for, uh, wow. you know, fraud. <laughs> as, far as, as far as I'm concerned. So have you, you found a lawyer that's willing to take this? Are you having to pay him, or is he doing it, uh, you know, in hopes of making money on the, the back end? Well, I, I found a guy that was going to do it pro bono, and then he ran into a snag and couldn't really, you know, and it was kind of a shyster guy, and I'm trying to find a, a, a mm. better lawyer, somebody else that's a little bit more capable, but wow. but uh, I'm trying to do some homework. I'm an autodidactic person. I didn't go to college. I, I have all access to all the stuff that a lawyer does, and I'm trying to educate myself, so hopefully in the next year or so, I'll be able to at least get that $1,000 taken off of there to help me out, and, <laughs> and you know, and Obviously, putting me in jail would not help the situation. No. That exacerbate the problem. So that thousand, so. I, I'm just trying to understand still the debt. They basically, they said you had a debt of $1,000, but during that time where you weren't working, they didn't make any of the those payments out to your ex? Well, they essentially what, what it is is when they when they tell her, when they force her to, to be uh, all the fathers, she has two fathers of her children, and both of them had to be put on a child child support. Uh, or be you know signed up for that purpose, mm-hmm. and uh, I of course being injured wasn't able to work, and they didn't care. Um, she still received state aid. I, she lives in a housing project at this point, so she's uh, getting free rent. So obviously she's getting services rendered from the state. It's just the fact that I'm essentially paying indirectly for her services rendered, and but it's really just the fact that my debt is is, is you know, much higher than it should be because obviously if you can't work, you can't make money and you can't pay these 
these these bills. So Shit, she's I'm never once gotten a check. <laughs> she's never once gotten a check from you directly. It's always been just the state has been paying her welfare payments, and then you're just paying into the state for child support. But that's not turning around over to her. Precisely, and, I, and even recently in the last year, uh, I received a letter from a. a uh, a company that does child support services privately, so they've privatized my debt. Now, I'm sure what they did is they, they put my name as the as the lien or whatever to, to indebt me for that. What and a it, nightmare. It's actually interesting that they could charge me. Ian, I, uh, I thank you for the call tonight. I wish you good luck, and uh, if you feel like it, let us know how all this turns out. It sounds absolutely awful, and it's unfortunate. There are so many men in similar positions. You can take control and bring up anything. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls here. Uh, Rich is on the line in North Carolina. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rich. Well, hello, gang. Hey. What's on your mind? Well, I was listening to your uh, the part about the, the paternity suit. Yes. And uh, this is a perfect example of why you should never ignore any claim against you. Uh, Mark suggested that he, maybe if, if he had gone to court that uh, things would have turned out differently. Um, in most cases, you can challenge uh, claims against you administratively, that is to say through registered mail, and uh, put the onus on them. You know, you claim I'm the parent or I'm the father, fine, prove it. This is who I am, prove that, you, that I'm this person that you think I am, and so on. And I, I think uh, in, a, in a case like that, it would, things would have turned out very differently. And the same thing can be said for tr- uh, traffic tickets or y- you name it. We Credit have card claims I, and so on. I have had some level of success with uh, with this, uh, and it may have been a fluke. Uh, but it, you, as you know, Rich, I actually sent you uh, the the email on this because we were sort of conspiring, and uh, and I sent uh, I got a parking ticket downtown in Keene, and I sent them a uh, notice back saying, you know, well, I'd be happy to pay this ticket as soon as you can provide me with proof of obligation, you know, prove to me that I'm obligated in some way uh, to pay this. And then when the police chief wrote me back a month and a half later, he said, thank you for paying your ticket so promptly. So I don't know what happened there. I don't know if it was a fluke and, you know, somebody actually went in and secretly paid the ticket for me or if they just sort of administratively marked it as paid and said, oh, I don't, I don't want to deal with it, don't want to deal with this guy and then just sort of moved on. But at the same time, uh, in this most recent episode where I was thrown in a jail cell for several days over the, you know, the couch being out my tenant's yard, I uh, I did send them notices uh, of discussion in that particular case, asking for proof of obligation uh, to follow their ordinances. No one ever wrote me back, so clearly they don't have any evidence of proof of obligation. But that didn't stop them from throwing me in a in a you know in a prison cell. So I think there okay. there are mixed results with that particular uh, with that tactic. Not to say it shouldn't be tried. I think absolutely it would have been a better choice to send back a, a notice asking for for proof uh, than to. Ignore what it was that they sent him. 
Right. Yeah. And your your case was that was a whole. I saw the video of that, and, and folks, if you haven't seen that yet, you got to go online and watch it. That was about the biggest, clearest case of railroading I've ever seen. Yeah, it was pretty pretty outrageous, and you can see the video over at freekeen.com. It's I think it's off the the front page at this point, though. But if you search for couch, it'll probably come up. Any other thoughts for us, Rich? Have you actually had any su- uh, su- success actually with that particular technique with the asking well, actually, for proof? I have. I we talked a while ago about this uh, parking ticket that I got, and there was actually no signature on it. And basically, what I did was I sent a letter to or had the trustee of the automobile send a letter to the uh, collection agency in California uh, for this ticket that was issued in Plymouth. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, Plymouth, uh, uh, New Hampshire. So and it had gone into collections it. already, or how, you, you you sort of let it slide for a while, and then you went after no, it once no, it was they, in collections. It, they had a pol- a collection agency with a an official sounding police, you know, something uh, col- a ticket collection department or something like that for Plymouth, but it had a Santa Barbara, California address. Hmm. So basically, the city of Plymouth, New Hampshire, is farming this work out to this collection agency with a fancy name in California. I see. So I basically demanded this collection agency prove that I had a uh, that I was bound to such an obligation as to pay this ticket and so on. And apparently I was a little slow getting it out there. Uh, the next thing that happened was that the trustee in in Montana by the way, the the car is actually owned by a trust in Montana. They uh, got a notice directly this time from the Plymouth Police Department saying that because uh, we were late in paying, that now instead of $15, we owe 45 mm-hmm. So basically what I did was I repeated the whole thing, Re- uh, uh, showed the proof that uh, I had sent this notice in good faith to this other collection agency, asking all these questions: Where's the signature? Who's the injured party? Uh, where's the, Where's the proof that I have that I'm bound to such an obligation, et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. And this time, what we did was we included a check for the full forty-five dollars for to to clear the uh, you know to satisfy the debt, but it was signed with conditions. You know, this, this, uh, you may cash this check provided that you understand that it is not a, 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 an admission of guilt, provided that you prove, uh, that in fact I owe this and prove this, that, and the other thing. They never, ca- this, it's been months and they never did cash the check. Did they ever send you anything else or has it just been no. quiet since then? No. And, and of course, in the, in the letter, it, it, it says, uh, you know, if we do not hear back from you within, Ten business days, we will consider the matter resolved or dropped or whatever. And you said that you send this stuff via, is it registered mail? Is that how you do it? Yeah. And that, does, yeah. does that get someone to sign on the other end? Is that what that, that so, means? Yes. So, so, Rich, they, so they can't claim, oh, we never got that. Yeah. Rich, and now you sent a check to them with these conditions uh, that they have mm-hmm. to prove uh, that, that you are who you say you are and, all, and that you have an obligation, that kind of thing. What happens if they, if they do cash the check? Well... I've heard that you could go after them and sue them, but, you know, that, fortunately I never had to prove, had, had to find out. 
Uh, they did cash my check. I tried something like that with uh, the property tax check that I sent in this past year, and I tried to put a condition on that, saying that they would, you know, they they this was essentially contingent on them proving uh, obligation, and they never bothered to prove any obligation. They went ahead and cashed it anyway. So it's clear that you know, again, this is it, it gets mixed results, uh, but I I think it's probably better than nothing. I mean, if you've got nothing, you might as well give this a try. Uh, I like I like the idea, and it makes sense on its face. You know the suggestion that hey you guys are saying i owe you this money i'll be happy to pay it to you just as long as you can prove that i owe it to you seems like a right. simple uh simple request i mean if if you go and uh cut somebody's lawn and they have not asked you to cut their lawn and then you say well you owe me this money for cutting the lawn they are completely well within their rights to demand and say rich I'm sorry, I don't remember you and I agreeing that you would cut my lawn. Why don't you please prove to me that, uh, that you know, I am obligated to pay this? I think there's nothing wrong with uh, screwing with the bureaucrats if you have the time to screw with the bureaucrats. Yeah. However, if you've got a parking ticket and you don't have the time to play with these people, pay the five bucks, get it all done with. That's what most people do. Yep, yep, that's true. Yep. I think it'd be interesting if more, if most people stopped doing that, things would get really interesting. Of course, that's probably never going to happen. But if even if a significant percentage of peop, uh, people, five, ten percent, uh, stopped playing by the the government's rules and started questioning their circumstances, there would be some significant changes as a result of that. Right. I'd say that this. Is, care, I'm sorry. Go do, ahead, Rich. Yeah, I think what they do is they figure out what the threshold is. Uh, how how much can they charge on these whatever speeding ticket, parking ticket before people start challenging it, and yeah. that's where they start backing off. That's yeah. probably true. You know, I think that it's more productive uh, challenging these tickets and uh, playing with bureaucrats is probably more cha- um, more productive than say watching television. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it, probably not as productive as uh, going about your you know your daily work and that kind of thing. I'd say you're about right on that. Rich, any other thoughts? For the moment, no. I think you guys are doing a great job. I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, I'd love some other people to chime in with their experiences using that particular technique because I've, I've always found it interesting, and I, I think it's a pretty powerful one. I mean, at the very least, when, when you're a government bureaucrat, and what you're used to doing all day long is sending out these notices to people saying, you owe this, you owe that. And then all of a sudden, one of them comes back with a request to prove obligation. You might think it's a little crazy, but at the same time, you're also going to think, well, who is this guy? You know, why? What is this? You're going to be confused. You're going to be stunned. You're not going to understand what to do with that. And, and maybe, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why they just let it drop. Because they don't want to mess with somebody that might appear to know what it is that they're doing. I don't know if that actually means anything to most of the bureaucrats. It probably doesn't. Uh, but to the ones at the upper echelon, perhaps they do realize that what they're doing is essentially scamming people. More on the way here. You can take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. If you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. They include the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. And you can edit virtually anything you see there. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. If you want to hear about a collection agency that doesn't do work for coercive 
organizations, SACL CAI. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables and all the collections they do for people that uh, voluntarily entered into obligations. That's good to know. Yep, they just don't, they don't do it. So, they could use your help. Uh, if you've got a business, uh, let SACL CAI handle your uh, your accounts receivable. They'll do a better job than you do, uh, likely. And They've got the best equipment money can buy. Absolutely. You can check all their work. They record every call. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at uh, freetalklive.com. It's on the upper right-hand corner of the page. SACL CAI. All right, so uh, we continue here with uh, your calls, if you make them, to 1-800-259-9231. Otherwise, uh, we go to the email box here, and an argument for government is the subject of this email. Guys, I've been listening to your show for about a year via podcast, and while I agree with the message you convey and think highly of personal freedom, I do not agree that the total abolition of government would be as beneficial as Ian suggests. I propose that anarchy would be at best a meta-stable state for society, a state which could continue only until some small pressure throws off the balance, causing it to eventually crumble. Initially, the idea of an anarchist civilization appealed to me. Our nation, at least in word, was founded on the principles of liberty. And I've always appreciated these ideas, and it seemed to me that total freedom from government was the proper solution to attain maximum freedom for all. As I looked at the issue more closely, I came to realize that there may be no ideal solution, that both government and anarchy are imperfect, and that the best we might be able to muster is to find the least offensive way to exist as a civilization. The problem, as I see it, with either government or the lack of government, is human psychology. I believe you have adequately covered the negative psychological effects of giving people power over others on your show. So I shall summarize by stating that the psychological fault of government is that power corrupts. As I see it, a lack of government would also lead to a seriously flawed society, possibly leading to a government worse than what we currently have. These are some of my fears. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I believe that uh, government is a good thing, but it may prevent worse things. In, a, in, its, in its smallest uh, forms, that it may prevent worse things. And I think that what he's saying here might be true if you are dealing with a situation where government was quickly abolished, like, you know, Somalia, for instance. Uh, whereas if people came to the conclusion on their own that government was no longer a desirable element in their lives, then I think it would work out just fine. People would evolve in the in the direction towards self-governance, and that would, I think, be the ideal situation. But yes, I would agree with him that if all of a sudden government disappeared tomorrow, you'd have a very unstable, uh, dangerous situation. Sure. Um, if government disappeared, then who's going to run the school tomorrow? Our kid's going to go. You know, I mean, you're going to have to ask all kinds of questions. Who's going to pick up the trash? In most communities, the government does. Uh, you know, there's got to be all kinds of problems. He continues here. He says, people as a whole are born wanting to be governed. It isn't a bad thing. As children, we are irrational and unwise. Our genetic- I think that, you know, there you're making a blanket statement. People want to be governed. And some people do and some people don't. I can yeah. tell you that Ian does not want to be governed. I'm, as, I, I'm anti-authoritarian as long as I can remember being conscious. So you have this situation where the people that don't want to be governed, and it doesn't matter how you were born, but people that don't want to be governed are ruled by the people that want government. And I would agree that the vast majority of people do want government, and unfortunately, I think that they want it to the point where they would prefer to be slaves, well-taken-care-of slaves, mm -hmm. over free men who That's what are all the evidence shows. responsible for their own actions, to some extent. That's what it certainly seems like. I mean, we're dealing with a situation where it's quite obvious that government is uh, becoming encro ever more encroaching on people's lives, but yet they do nothing about it. 
They just put up with it. Even if they don't like it, they put up with it because, well, it would be too uncomfortable for them to do otherwise. Well, anyway, he continues here saying that our genetic predisposition to submit to the authority of our parents serves to keep us alive until we can rationally make decisions. Beyond that, we're a social animal as were our ape-like ancestors. Apes, primates, various proto-humans, and humans themselves most formed, uh, and those that still exist, do form social groups. There was a time when mammals were solitary, but those mammals did not thrive. It was not until our line developed social groups and came to work together that we began to spread to all corners of the earth. Besides our rational minds, society, if the greatest gift evolution has given to is the greatest gift evolution has given to our species part of the journey of becoming social beings was having certain social instincts hardwired into our minds via evolutionary processes one of these instincts is to submit to an authority be it the silverback alpha male deity king or president we all have some predisposition to be led our rational minds and the anarchist philosophies we've developed may tell us that there is something better out there, but that thousand-year-old philosophy and that hundred-thousand-year-old rational mind are fighting millions of years of genetic selection, telling us to find something to submit to. In smaller groups and in harsher conditions, this may have been greatly beneficial, but this may no longer be the case when dealing with the unnaturally large social groups that modern society has created. The urge may no longer be needed, but that doesn't mean it no longer exists. Obviously, some of us can stave off the urge to be led, but it's questionable at best that we as a species can hope to throw off this disposition in the foreseeable future. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I think that everybody wants freedom in some area of their life. Uh, I think that uh, many people, uh, the vast majority of people, understand that the government is too big, too intrusive, uh, you know, and, and, you know, is inefficient and all those other things. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the polls are out there. All you have to do is is go out there and check. Every poll comes back that the, the government's too big. So humans do and don't want these things. They sort of want them where they want them and don't yeah. want them where they don't want them. And everybody has different opinions. And then once you can – I don't want it at all, quite honestly. I would prefer not to have it. And I think that logically you can, uh, you, you can talk to people about it and, and teach them. And I think people just haven't – been confronted with the ideas of smaller government in these areas. Well, and I think a mistake is being made linking society with government because most social functions are entered into voluntarily without any kind of coercion. So mm -hmm. most business transactions or personal interactions with family and friends, you don't need any one person to be commanding you to, to get by in those situations. That's and, true. I, and I think it's a mistake to look at the, trying to make an evolutionary case for authoritarian rule. One of the other things that sets humans apart from the rest of the animal world is that we have the ability to have higher thoughts. I right. mean, you don't have gorillas are not do not have philosophy, at least as far as we know. They, they don't think about right and wrong. It's just might makes right. And if you're making the argument that as a species, have we been programmed to some extent to live in a state of nature? Sure, but you could justify murder or theft or anything by that and, and by to that, say that landmark. Society um, is, you know, government is, you know, government. The most antisocial thing out there is not society. Well, they believe it is right, and government, the most uncivil thing out there, is not civilization. It, this is the organization. These are that, the organizations that are responsible for how many millions of deaths in the last century. But they believe that without them, there would be no civilization. Well, even though I'm making the case for for smaller government, or I was sort of making the case for no government, I still think you might need uh, a small placeholder state to keep 
I think anarchy would devolve into something worse I than don't know. a minarchist state. That's my take on it. Let's let's talk about it. When we, get we will eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and you're welcome to chime in with your thoughts on this or whatever you want to discuss. Plus, the emailer has a few more thoughts as well. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. Enjoy uh, enjoy ours on us, freetalklive.com. Archives are there included in all the freebies going back for an entire year on us, freetalklive.com. Are you looking to get involved with other young liberty lovers from across the country? Then join Bureaucrash and help us fight statism in all its forms at Bureaucrash.com. Also, be sure to check out our pro-freedom t-shirts and other swag at our contraband store so you can quite literally wear your beliefs on your sleeve. And I can tell you that the Bureaucrash t-shirts are, I think, probably the coolest liberty-oriented t-shirts that, that I have seen. So head over to Bureaucrash.com and see them for yourself. Try it out. Uh, try it out. In fact, if you're, uh, I'm pretty sure Bureaucrash is going to have a table at the Liberty Forum. I mean, I haven't seen any confirmation on that, but I don't they think they've missed last one. year. Yeah, I don't think they've missed a Liberty Forum. So if you're going to be at the Liberty Forum, great opportunity to actually see the shirts in person and uh, maybe meet some of the the crashers that'll be coming up to man uh, to man the table. So one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is our number. We're uh, sharing an email here from Stephen who is talking about why he thinks government is always going to be necessary. He believes that it's because of, well, he believes it's inherent in humans to want to be told what to do. And while that might be true, I don't know. I mean, I'm certainly, I'm not somebody who studies this. Would that be anthropology? I'm not sure. I think that would be anthropology. Uh, I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe it is true for some people, but for me, it's definitely not true. So it's not true across the board that everybody wants to be told what to do. And in addition, if you would like to be told what to do, you will find no shortage of people who are willing to tell you what to do. So if you would like to consent to having uh, Mark rule over you and set your, you know, whatever the parameters are going to be for your life, I'm sure you'd be able to find people who would be willing to do that in a voluntary uh, society. Right, and it's not that absurd. I mean, in feudal times, you did have orders of knights that were essentially social orders unto themselves that people joined. So you could have organizations that, you know, you would have the option to join and they could tell you what to do from sunup to sundown. Let me go on with his email here. He says, revolutions happen, they have in the past, and they will in the future. Let us say that we freed ourselves from government and the people as a whole have agreed to a completely free nation from coast to coast. I think we can agree that no society is eternal, only the means of its destruction remain to be seen. I think that there's a strong chance that human nature would destroy a sustained anarchist society in one of three ways. I'm interested in this. Way number one, subversion by greed. 
He says, as there would be a free market, there would be no easily definable limit to the wealth an individual or family could attain over generations. At some point, it's likely that a power-hungry individual would attain or be willed such a substantial sum of resources that they would be able to bribe up a large market advantage, gaining more funds through the power that wealth brings and increasing in influence until the company would be able to wield the power of a government by paying off what were once private security companies. Because it would be able to pay well at first and would be able to buy large portions of land, people would have an incentive to work for this business entity and live on its land despite the ethical concerns of doing so. This has the potential makings of a feudal society. Uh, in regards to that particular issue, the idea, of course, has been propagated before on this show that, well, what about Bill Gates? What if Bill Gates decided he wanted to take over the state of Washington and used his $56 billion or however much it is that you know he's worth these days uh, in order to do that? And it's just just garbage uh, to to me. It's just it's not economically feasible. What what that is suggesting? I mean, the idea that uh, that people would be willing to they had lived in this wonderful, peaceful, free society for the longest time, and then all of a sudden would would be willing to aggress against their neighbors uh, for for what would be a paycheck. I mean, you essentially have to hire on a bunch of mercenaries to get them to do the bit your bidding, because Bill Gates himself is not going to go around and and wave guns in the air. Uh, so you have to hire mercenaries to turn against their neighbors and and their friends essentially, and to and to then work to enslave the same people that they lived side beside uh, side by side. Now it's certainly possible you could find people like that. Um, but eventually, you're going to be going up against people that are not going to want to give away their freedom. They've been enjoying their freedom for a number of years, and they don't appreciate the fact that some uh, upstart is trying to take it away from them. So they're going to defend themselves, and you're going to start losing your mercenaries, and the mercenaries are going to start charging you more. Uh, and then you get into a real quagmire situation where people are not going to, in a free society like that, they're not going to want to roll over. People are going to own guns, and they're going to defend themselves. So I personally don't even believe that one even holds water. Your thoughts? Uh, I think you can make a counter-argument to it. You, there are certain places... Places in Africa, for example, where you either have diamonds or gold or different minerals that armies essentially fight over. And you essentially have rebel groups that are nothing but essentially bands of mercenaries that are in a fight to get a hold of those resources and have control over them. It happened in Sierra Leone and it happens in the Republic of Congo. And, so, and their um, soldiers are, uh, to, to a large extent, begin as children who are conscripted. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they go in, they wipe out of town, they take all the male children, they conscript them. Right, and they're given food. Right, I mean, that's one of the reasons why you fight for the, those guys is right. because they help keep you alive. Well, and or in that case, you're talking about people that lived in, live in abject par- poverty. Um, we're talking about a wealthy society. That he's he's proposing that in a wealthy society, one person would be able to gain so much wealth that they could then swing around and utilize that against the others. You, I, I don't know. I mean, if you had enough wealth, you might be able to incentivize people to do that. And in certain cases, maybe not in general terms, but if you had a town that was a gold mining town, you you might be able to well, see it taken over, and that you know that king or whoever that warlord would essentially run the gold mine. Nick, I, I think you would agree with me here that I am willing to get to a uh, a small government republic and then allow people to govern themselves that wish to do so um, in you know smaller enclaves or something like that. And you know, as, as far as what Ian wants, I'm willing to look at something like that. But both of these paradigms require people to shift away 
from, to some extent, what the emailer is talking about. Absolutely. This, uh, the, you know, this desire to be ruled, this expectation right. that the government so, can do anything efficiently or, uh, you know, uh, morally. It, it does, but I think uh, there's a couple different competing schools of thought of for people who want to see, you know, total liberty. They feel that that's the best outcome. Some people would like, think you have to roll it back and phase in a free society. You have to develop those institutions to replace public schools or government roads. Then there's another school of thought that would like to see everything come tumbling down overnight. Right. Th- which that's not bloody likely. Right. right. Well, it's, and it's, it's well, not going to work. Neither are, honestly. Neither, neither one of these solutions are very likely. Um, it, it, because you look at most changes uh, in you know smaller government or anything like that, and, and most of them are sort of revolutionary, and things happen very quickly. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what's, I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's hard to say happen. what's going to happen. You're right. All but- I can do, um, the only thing that I can do is I can preach every day, get out there and talk to people about the the advantages of small right. government, the advantages of self-rule in if certain areas. If we change areas. enough people's minds, something is going to change in the right direction, and that's the direction we want to go off in. Everybody knows it's not going to happen overnight. But in this guy's scenario... It's just I think it's absolutely ludicrous because that's what you have to go to to really discredit the voluntary society is the ludicrous extreme. And so he's suggesting that this one agency or this one person would be able to amass so much wealth that he would be able to, as he puts it, pay off what were once private security companies. Well, why on earth would every private security company sell out to their competitor? If all of a sudden, if we're all com- private security company uh, owners and the o- we're the only three in the marketplace and uh, Nick, you sell out to Mark and then Mark, you're making making an offer to me wouldn't I want to, as uh, you know, a business owner who is making a profit, tell my customers, hey, we're not selling out to that guy. We don't know what he's got planned, but we're not selling out to him. And if there are enough entities in the marketplace, they're not all going to be bought up by the competition. And if they are, nothing would be preventing another entity from starting up to compete. Well, that's true. But, I mean, the way feudalism worked, let's say Mark owns uh, you know, a lot of security companies. He's bought them up. So he owns... The biggest, uh, next biggest one in the market, and you have the rest. So okay. it's down to the two companies. If Mark's plan is to take those private security companies and run roughshod over people's rights and have a mercenary army, he doesn't necessarily have to buy you off. All he has to do is, let's assume you're, you're a person with flaws, convince you that, hey, we can split up some of the profits. So he doesn't have to buy you out. He can just make you one of his lords. I'm just saying, not everybody would sell their business to Walmart if Walmart came knocking. I mean, not everybody would. Uh, A lot of people like the idea of competing and continuing running their own business. 1-800-259-9231. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote us. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com. you find a variety of different options, most of them completely free, a number of them very low cost. Everything from printing out flyers to banners for your website and uh, graphics that you can use and more all over there for free at promote.freetalklive.com. I want to get back to the email here in a moment. Uh, The emailer has a couple more reasons he believes that a true free market voluntarist society would eventually fail. I want to get to the remaining two reasons here in a bit. But first, let's go to Ken listening in Arizona. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Hello. Hey there. Hello? You're on the air, Ken. What's on your mind? Oh, hey. 
Hey, uh, Ian and uh, Mark. Uh, I just Nick's here, say, too. Uh, awesome show. Thanks. Uh, yes, sir. But I was on YouTube just now, hmm. and I saw this thing where you were in the Keene courtroom, and uh, it was some kind of ordeal over a couch. It was some kind of ordeal, yes. Uh, is this I, your, your first hearing about this? Uh, well, I mean, I just, I, uh, go, well, I don't Google it, but I YouTube uh, Free Talk Live every now and then to see mm-hmm. what, you know, you know, what's kind of, you know, what's good to watch or yeah. whatever. And then I went to part two uh, where you wouldn't sit or, or maybe you were, because I, I saw that you. I actually did sit. the video, it shows, it shows you that you were starting to sit, but then yeah. they call your name. So right. you remain standing. That's right. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe they want to address me or something. Maybe they want to ask me something real quick. I'll just stay standing. I mean, this is, this is what I was seeing. Yeah. And, then, uh, and, then, and then the judge, I guess it was the judge, uh, starts barking at you to yes. sit like you're some kind of dog. And I probably would have <laughs> uh, just hesitated in disbelief. That's like, what I was doing. And, yeah, and you know what? You know what? Good for you because I think, I think after probably a full second, you realize, you know, who is this guy? You know, I mean, who who is it that he thinks he's talking to? Uh, you know, I'm not. My name isn't Fluffy, or you know, <laughs> Skippy. You know, so you know, good on you for you know, you know, continuing to stand because uh, you know. Well, last thank time you. I, I checked. Last time I checked, you didn't you didn't raise your hand and 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 uh, uh, agree to be a subservient nope. sort of uh, military. Uh, I'll follow your orders. You know. Uh, sort of person, you're a civilian in a, in a courtroom, and uh, I don't know what, if you pay taxes or not, but unfortunately, uh, you know, I do. Taxpayer, if, if a taxpayer walks into the courtroom, you know those judges and the bailiff and the and the court recorder, you know they're all public servants, and we pay so their called. paycheck. Yeah, yeah, we pay their paycheck, and you know what? So good, good for you for. Well, continuing thanks. I, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, it ended up getting me ninety. That, you know, it ended up getting me ninety-three days in a uh, a jail cell. But luckily, I was able to. I did. I did finally bow down and beg for mercy after the weekend was over, and they uh, they let me out on a, sus- a suspended sentence, so I can be here with you now. Uh, otherwise, I'd still be sitting in there. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, your best bet, and this is just my advice. I don't know. You can take it or leave it, but. Uh, you know, for for someone to pinpoint you and and pick you out because you've got a couch on your property or whatever, uh, you know, now they may know who you are and they may look for more and more reasons to mess with you. You know, that's a possibility. A fan- it's, yeah, it's yeah. But- they knew who they knew probably who I was beforehand because we turned it turned out that it was a city bureaucrat that actually filed the complaint and mm-hmm. uh, the, this this particular city bureaucrat happened to be on the local talk show and I happened to call and sort of uh, hold her feet to the fire so to speak so it's a possibility yeah. that it was uh, that it was targeted of course it's also a possibility it looks like it a vendetta complete, to me it's also a possibility it was complete random chance uh, as well but either way you're you're correct they could continue to pursue me however I'm I'm hoping that they won't because I believe they did get a little bit of an unexpected bite from the activists. And when I say bite, I mean uh, they got phone calls, and apparently they got a number of them. I don't know how many they got, but uh, it was it was the Monday that after I spent the weekend in jail, and then that Monday they got phone calls. I'm sure throughout throughout the day on I Monday. Would, I would guess hundreds. I don't know. I would not go That's, that far. If, I would if it's hundreds, then dozen. if it happens again next time, it should be thousands, and then they'll realize, look, okay, we can either. We can either have our quick one-minute court hearings with everyone else in town that chooses to be just, yeah. uh, uh, you know, controlled or whatever, blah blah well, blah. But, you know what? You know, I'd let's still not like mess to... with Ian because you know we don't we don't have the time or the well, resources to, to 
take all these, you know, yes. good for them. If I, all those callers, good for them too. And that's what you know. That's why I say thank you to everybody that helped out. Whether it was post, uh, posting a blog post or picking up the phone to call the uh, the cl- the court or the jail. Uh, or or whatever it was that you did. So many people did so many different things. It would be impossible for me to thank everybody for everything they've done. But uh, So just generally, we'll have to be good enough. But I think that it's not just me. It needs to happen with any other uh, liberty activist that uh, that is targeted. And then once we get enough people, we need to expand out to everybody else. Because uh, the biggest, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, the biggest tragedy that I encountered over that weekend was not the fact that I was sitting in jail for a weekend, but the fact that I was sitting in jail with guys that were going to be there for much much longer uh well some of them for shorter they had shorter sentences but some of them for much longer uh based on violations of probation which were based on originally drug possession charges i mean most of the people is sitting and rotting in that jail and probably in the jail in your town are there on drug possession or drug related charges even if it's for a violent crime or something that's uh, involving destroying other property or stealing uh there was a guy that was in there for burglary but turned out he had a heroin addiction so he was burgling because he had a heroin addiction because heroin is in the black market it costs a lot of money so you have to get that money from somewhere uh another one of the guys was a heroin dealer who was out uh selling you know he's selling a lot of weed in order to support his heroin habit so at least he wasn't stealing from people but on the other hand he was uh, putting himself at a a very high risk in order to support his drug habit so just just hearing all of these stories and 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 being there and experiencing them I mean, I already knew that the jails were full of uh, of drug users, but it really brought it home uh, the fact that these are just regular folks. Many of them have kids, and they've been pulled out of their lives and ha- essentially had their lives ruined by this just inhumane, awful system. So I hope that we get to the point where eventually it's not just the activists responding to Ian or the other activists that get in trouble, which is really all we've got right now. When, when one of the activists gets picked on by the state uh, government people, then the activists converge, and they do a really great job of backing up that activist. It's one of the best reasons to be an activist here in New Hampshire is you're, you're helped out. There are people that are looking out for you. Number one reason to do activism here, my opinion. Uh, but, but we need enough people to be able to go in on a regular basis and help those folks that don't have activists backing them up and give them some support and tell them about liberty and reach out to the people that are in those courtrooms. I think that could be a really interesting sort of outreach opportunity and another way to, to essentially dissuade the state from going after nonviolent consensual criminals. And, and here's another way. Uh, Ian, here's another way. Uh, if you have a, f- I doubt, I doubt you do, but if you have a friend that say works uh, for the state or local government, like uh, as far as uh, um, expenses or, or city budgeting or whatever, uh, maybe this could be a uh, like a puzzle for another caller to solve and see how much money the local taxpayers of Keene paid for you to uh, for uh, to be served. Have that guy come out there to your house, give you that stupid pink piece of paper. It's probably impossible to actually calculate all that because the guy that came out and served the paperwork, he was on the payroll anyway. You know, he was going to be working that day whether he came to my house or somebody else's house. So that wasn't a specific cost generated, you know, by that situation. However, being thrown in a prison cell absolutely was. Right. Somebody ran the numbers on that. Right. Um, you know, prison cells are relatively easy to check, at least on a national basis. And I've heard numbers like 50,000. I've also also heard That's numbers like California, higher. though, I think. I think it's higher than that in California. Really? Um, I heard 60,000 in Florida 10 years ago. I think it's only like 24 convict. or something like that around here. Hard to say. But, uh, 
But really what, what I'm getting at is maybe not so much how much did it cost anyone just for you for that one day, but all these stupid little petty crimes mm-hmm. that people are paying for because they want to sling you into the courtroom and, you know, uh, oh, well, you have a couch on your property and somebody it's hurting someone's eyes, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that those kinds of stupid, uh, you know, uh, uh, people are getting, uh, you know, these notices and, you know, get rid of this, you know, appear in court, that, you know, whatever. That's costing people, you know. Oh, absolutely. Coast, just I'm just sure. running the... I, just running the numbers on the drug charges would really be a staggering amount. I mean, if you just figured out how many people were sitting rotting in a jail cell right now on drug-related charges, nonviolent, consensual, so-called criminals, if you just ran those numbers and then multiplied it out times whatever it costs to keep them in prison for a year, it would probably be in the millions of dollars. And it's just such a waste. It's just such a waste of money. It's such a waste of life. It's so tragic and yet... No one's really doing anything about it. I mean, yeah, there's an occasional decrim bill for marijuana, but what good does that do the the guys that are in jail? What good does that? How does that help them? How does that help their families? It's just so tragic. I thank you for the call, and I appreciate your appreciation. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Hour number three is coming up. Still got to get back to the email here about the various different ways that our emailer believes the voluntary society could come crumbling apart. We'll get to that in your calls as well about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. Hour three is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching at hour number three of the show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. We give it away free at freetalklive.com, so enjoy it on us. Uh, We're going to get back to the email box here in a moment, but your calls are primary. Uh, Mark? Yes? I was uh, just going to suggest that we need to do voting. Voting? Oh, is oh, are, the, the gap behind. is closing? It's, we're uh, behind. We're, yeah, we're in number, the second slot. We're in number two. Okay, yeah. well. If we want to end this month uh, in slot number two, we, we shouldn't mention it. Definitely. We definitely need your votes at vote.freetalklive.com. Apparently, our boost at the beginning of the month was not enough to carry us through the entire month here. And so, is it our uh, our former yes. friend? Uh, well, it's our not our friend, former friend. Our now competitor, but yes, still the, friendly competitor. Yeah, the friendly competitor, Red, Red Bar Radio, who is a great show and everything yes. and, and deserves to be number two. All right, so please go to vote.freetalklive.com. Cast your vote for the show. It takes you less than a minute. All you need is your email address. Only used for verification purposes to make sure you're a real live person. And your votes make a difference for us because being number one, how long have we been there, Mark, at number two, do you know? At least a couple of days. Okay, being number one, very important, uh, means new people find the show, new people discover the message of freedom. Uh, So head on over to vote.freetalklive.com. Now then, we go to your phone call. Zach in Minnesota, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Zach. Good evening, gentlemen. Thanks, How are you Sam. doing? What's on your mind? Um, I wanted to pick your guys' brains about uh, Proposition 8, which recently passed in California. Now, and, is, um, what was that? Uh, it was uh, an amendment to the state constitution that was uh, put to vote for the people that would define marriage as 
a union between a man and a woman. Is that Prop that 8? I thought that was like Prop 2. Meaning, but okay. yeah, it was Prop 8. Meaning okay. that no longer uh, could gay people get married in California? Was that the idea? Correct. And uh, what I wanted to ask you guys is, on one hand, you have the rule of the majority that did vote for this amendment, and it was passed. On the other hand, you could easily argue that this amendment limits freedom and liberty to a group of people. Now, the California Supreme Court is... They're, uh, they're going to look at the amendment, and they could possibly overturn the will of the majority as they have in the past. My mm-hmm. question is, which position do we take? Do we follow the will of the majority regardless of the position and topic, or should we favor the position that favors liberty and equality? I'm well, on, on this one. I'm you know of course we're gonna we're gonna give our disclaimer statement that I don't think the state belongs in issuing marriages. Period. That's the position you should take. And and that's that that's the uh, the highest ground. But while the state is going to be involved in marriages, I think that people should be you know should have the right to uh, pursue happiness in that in that arena. And if they if they want to get you know two guys want to get married and and you know share all the joys that marriages that marriage has to offer, well I suppose that they should be able to do that and i don't think that the majority you know the the two wolves out there should be able to tell those uh that that sheep you know who they can marry and who they can't right in a constitutional situation which is what this country is supposed to be and the states have their own constitutions in a under a constitutional situation just because a majority says something doesn't mean that the majority has decided on something that's in any way constitutional either so just because a majority makes makes a declaration uh in a constitutional society shouldn't hold any water well this is but this is a constitutional amendment as i understand it so they are going through the constitutional process to change the constitution i don't think prop uh i i, I think that's true in florida i don't i think that uh, prop, uh, you know, when in California, what they do is they, you know, put things forward to the vote of the people. I know in a it can be done format. with. I know it can be done with fifty percent. Does the caller know? Because I thought this was going to actually change the state constitution. Zach, maybe he's not. He's gone. He's gone. Okay. Well, that, my understanding Presuming. of it was that there was going to be a change. If not, then certainly you could strike the proposition down as unconstitutional. I but, mean, the majority can can make a declaration just like lawmakers. There are states that that is true in, Nick, and I don't believe that California is one of them. California is like the easiest... I am being told it is a constitutional amendment. And I Good believe that Lord, California can... crazy. California, and this is why I was saying, I'm pretty sure in California, all you need to amend the state constitution is a simple majority. 50% plus one. So essentially, whatever the majority says in California can be made constitutional. Is constitutional. Wow, that's pretty crazy. And then their Supreme Court is what then interprets the Constitution? How can they do that? They then, uh, the I don't know. The insanity of government, it's my a, friend. It's a convoluted system. Basically, the majority Stupid. passes an amendment that says gay marriage is unconstitutional, and they'll say, they'll interpret it so that it, it can actually be used. So the pro-liberty but position but, here... But the Supreme Court of California has overturned uh, you know majority voted propositions in the past... As I'm likely, they, as I believe, likely they should have. Well, apparently that's something. constitutional too. Just oh, because no. something's con- I mean, a constitution can say a whole number of yeah. things. There, yeah. there are better designed constitutions and there are more poorly designed ones. And from what the little bit <laughs> I understand about California, is, not it's, so great. It's not very good for limiting government at all. 
So there you have it, uh, the basic principle. It certainly position. hasn't done a good job of, of, of limiting government. But don't get, you know, don't allow someone to. If you're a pro-liberty kind of person, don't allow yourself to be pigeonholed into a false choice. Uh, the real choice in this particular situation, or the real liberty position, is to say that government has no business whatsoever being involved in marriage. Period between anybody, male or female, 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 male, male, whatever. Well, the government should not be involved. Right, and I think that, uh, but I think that you know, in in our current imperfect system that people should be able to la- to marry whomever they wish as long as it's a consenting adult um but i also think that people shouldn't be required to recognize that marriage if they don't wish if sure. for, if for whatever reason i employ people and i you know employ somebody who's gay i don't feel that i have to offer spousal uh, benefits in the insurance policy to people that are gay if i don't wish to and that gay person doesn't have to work for my company if they don't want to that's good because I want them to work for me because uh, they probably right. have a I, good I work ethic. I think you should, but that's that's a should and have to or two entirely Absolutely. different worlds. And my problem with it is that people are when they a lot of people will support the idea of civil unions, so essentially giving the same rights to gay people. Their question is with using the word marriage. Well, just because the government <laughs> right. uses the term you marriage, use, this you can use that perfectly good water fountain over there. But the well, yeah. the, but the problem is that it, they're viewing the government marriage as somehow sanctified and it's really not it's just a piece of government paperwork if you're if you're opposed to gay marriage on religious grounds then certainly don't hold you know don't hold those services wedding services in your church where gay people get married but the state doesn't isn't in line with your church at all. It's just yeah. a government piece. It's government paperwork. It's well, a license. Government not... is a god to people, though. I mean, it really, it's become, it's such a uh, worshipped uh, position that these, a lot of religious people have sort of supplanted their religion with a, a worship of the state. But, well, and that's that's what I'm trying to point out, is that yeah. for people who consider themselves very religious, uh, if they're Christian, their emphasis should be on Jesus as their king, as opposed Absolutely. to the state of California. What the state of California says and does uh, has nothing to do with God's will. It's the will of some bureaucrats. Right, and would Jesus uh, stop gay people from getting married? No. I, you know, that's he obviously wouldn't. He hung out with uh, prostitutes and and you know, uh, you know, beggars and people that didn't have jobs. So here we are again, Mark, with a situation with these Christian Pharisee types essentially using the the state as their bully pulpit to enforce their vision of what society should be and what words should be defined well, as down upon everybody else. I don't even know if. Uh, um, if some of them certainly are doing that, and others that's of them, the purpose of this, right, 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 right. But, but you know, hold off for a second. What others of them are doing is sort of looking at the democratic process as: Do you think gay marriage is a good idea or not? You know, that's sort of well. No, what stop do you think? them gays. Right. So I may decide that I think that gay marriage is a bad idea. However, I wouldn't use the course of power of government if I mm-hmm. understood the course of power of government. Do you think they don't do understand that. what they're doing? I, I do. To some extent, I really do. I don't know about that. I, absolutely. What do you when, think? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do you think the people vote in these uh, referendums don't realize that they're voting to force their particular viewpoint on a, on others? Nick, when you go to the uh, town meetings, I'm sure you've been to one of your town meetings I there, have. there in your little uh, your, your little burg in New Hampshire. Um, 
you know, they ask these, everybody gets to vote on everything, right? Right. So when they say, should we have some more basketballs for the kids at uh, public school? What, you know, what they say is, should we, you know, what people think to themselves is, should we get more basketballs or not get more basketballs? And everybody says, yeah, basketballs are a good idea because they think to themselves, I'd be willing to pay money for basketballs. However, what they fail to look at usually when they're voting is, would I be willing to stick a gun in my neighbor's face and take his house away if he doesn't want to buy basketballs? Basketballs. They they might not look at that, but then again, for those who aren't familiar with the town meeting format, there's usually somebody there who's like, I don't want to pay for this, and they still get overvoted. So I don't know if it's total ignorance, but I don't think people think through the coercive part of it as much as we would. You probably, yeah, I think you're right there. Somewhere in between. 1-800-259-9231. They, they do know they want to get their way. That much they know. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies. They've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. Free. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential. Guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can go over there and get a free account today at PrivacyHarbor.com. We continue with your phone calls, and we'll go to Paul calling from Scotland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark, and hello, uh, the other fellow. Nick, how are you guys? Uh, Pretty good. Listen, you guys kept me waiting a long time. I'm not toll-free. I'm calling from outside the United States of America. What's that all about? You were on hold for five minutes, dude. I know. I'm paying for the whole thing. Listen, over here in the U.K., you know, I'm from California originally, and, you know, I I wouldn't have been in favor of the, uh, you know, amendment to Mm -hmm. ban uh, marriage between same-sex couples. But what they've done in the the not-so-U.K. is they... They just call it something different. They call it a civil partnership. And by changing the, the word, uh, not using the word marriage, but just using the, word, the words civil partnership, that confers on the couple all the legal uh, benefits of being married, you know, access to each other's pensions or being able to will, you know, uh, an estate to the other uh, partner, the on living partner and so on. Are they still going to have that? The thing to, the, the thing to do might be just to change what it's called. Are know? they going to do that in California? Are they still going well, to have civil unions? That's what they do, in my opinion. I mean, I've, I haven't lived in California for an awful long time, but we're not that foolish out there. Why not, not just change what it's how how you define it or what what the words are that you that you use to call it? I mean, I, I have so many uh, dear friends who've been in same sex you know relationships for thirty, forty, fifty years. And, uh, you know, they should be allowed to uh, will, you know, their assets to their uh, partner who lives on after them, et cetera, and just call it a civil partnership. What's, what's, the, what's the big deal? Well, many of the proponents of gay marriage are opposed to, they see that as a compromise. So they want it called gay marriage. And both sides seem to be fighting over this. We're fighting over semantics, basically. Right. You're fighting over, do we call it gay marriage or do we call it civil unions? We have civil unions here in New Hampshire. However, some states have uh, legalized actual marriage between gay people, which there's but, no difference except the name. Right. And I wonder about, you know, how do states recognize these things? Because they're, legally, they pretty much have to. It's all very, uh, very odd. I would agree with you uh, that... that 
that it's better to be able to have the civil unions than nothing at all. I would Absolutely. also agree that with anyone that said that they wanted to have uh, marriage, I think that they should be able to have, you know, gay people should be able to get married if they wish. I also I really too. So really, this is all over somebody just getting all upset because someone has used a word in a way they wouldn't prefer to use it. I can't believe you don't know this. (laughs) Yeah, they they want the state to legitimize their union. They don't feel vindicated. The homosexual couples don't feel vindicated unless the state will call it marriage. Marriage. And And then the Christian types are upset because the state has allowed uh, that to be called marriage. You would call this the holy matrimony between a man and woman. This is defiling the the sanctity of. Of marriage. It's an institution given to us by God. Yeah. Paul, but any it other thoughts? It was a limited institution. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate thanks. it. Thanks for uh, paying for it. 800-259-9231. Oh, yeah. Once gays have uh, marriage for about a decade, they'll want to give it back. <laughs> yeah. It's, so basically the whole thing's an argument over semantics at this point for the most wow. part. And that's why I don't really, to be honest, it doesn't move me too much either way because... I, I feel both sides could work out a, a compromise that would leave most people on both sides happy, um, but the radical elements on both sides just can't. It's can't crazy. Seem to I didn't. I, I didn't realize that. I thought that. I mean, I'm, I don't live in California, so obviously I didn't familiarize myself too closely with this. Uh, but I thought that it was that the you know the Christian types wanted to completely excise uh, homosexual couples from even having some sort of marriage like. Uh, possibility. But you're telling me well, that this was only because they were using the term marriage and they got so upset that they were willing to spend, according to uh, according to one of my producers here, $35.8 million is what the, uh, the the for side raised. So they were for the amendment. And then the, uh, the anti side raised $37.6 million. So people spent over $70 million arguing over a word? Largely. I mean, there are some people who are, uh, uh, some people who are opposed to gay marriage are also opposed to civil unions. But, I would bet they are, yes. But if, if you look at the statistics, in most polls that I've seen, if you ask Americans, most Americans will say they don't favor gay marriage or a very narrow, by a very narrow margin. If you ask them if they favor civil unions that would essentially give same-sex couples the same rights as heterosexual couples, the margin shifts to considerably more support that idea. Right. Was it so like 6 out of 10 or 7 out of 10? It's like 66%, I think, is one that I've okay. seen. I, I can't quote an exact figure. but So basically the argument is over... What do we call it? This is so crazy. I mean, it's just all of this is a result of the state getting involved in marriage in the first place, which, of course, is a clear violation of the separation of church and state. Number one, right there on its face. Uh, so obviously the pro-liberty position, as we've said so many times, is to just get the state out completely. But I'm just I'm I'm blown away by this. I mean, the idea that that people would spend so much time and so well, much effort to simply redefine one word. I in see a, what you're saying, Ian, but, uh, you know, I, dictionary. I don't I, I, I can't really see the, the point of view of the, uh, the the Christian folks out there when uh, when everything's being done you know all the things they're worried about is ha- are happening already with civil unions and uh, gay people doing each other in the butt and all this other stuff is happening. But it's their word, Mark. It's right. the last thing it's they the can hold on to. Well, yeah, whatever. I don't understand their position. I do, however, understand the gay people's position in being told, um, you know, we're putting on the ballot that uh, you people aren't quite as good as we are. Oh, I totally understand their I position. I mean, that's a that's a stinky place to be. You know, screw you and what you. Yeah. Think about my life. Right. But at the same time, if the vast majority of the electorate doesn't want to call it marriage but wants to confer them the same rights, 
I, I feel like, well, tough cookies if the state calls it a civil union or a partnership instead of a marriage. Right. It's a perfectly good uh, drinking fountain that we have over here for you people. But it's exactly so, the look, same Look, the fact fountain. is, Plessy uh, versus, or excuse me, uh, Brown versus Topeka Board of Education proved that separate is not equal. This is separate. It is not equal. But mm. you're not separate. You're not segregating gay people. You're you just are segregating them into a different you're political category. You're segregating them. They, they, they have the civil union cr- bull crap. They don't have marriage. They're segregated. They're separated. Yeah, it's not the same in terms of a title, but they are. They don't get the same stuff, and and I don't. A, please don't tell same. me that they can get they can marry uh, women if they well, wish or, no, or men it, or whatever. In many states, it really confers all the legal rights. Of I understand that. I'm just saying companies. that the fact is that you know Brown versus Topeka Board uh, Board of Education said that separate is not equal, and they're essentially being separated. They're being singled out. They're being discriminated against. Well, yes, in a sense, and the state would argue that it's not, you know, some people would, in some states, The state state is a bunch of people that are willing to use guns to get what they want. Right, but you also have to consider the fact that even if you left this up to the marketplace and up to different religious groups, I don't think that we're at a point in America where most people are going to recognize two gay men who live together and consider themselves married well they might not call it marriage they might say they're life partners well, and they, i don't think that they can do they can whatever, they, whatever they want they can right. do whatever they want the fact is if i'm a gay man i should be able to go marry my gay partner in some gay church somewhere or some church that would marry me the and unitarians if my, and if my boss wishes to give me uh you know the the confer to me the the benefits of being gay then he should if i want to go to work at a company where the boss doesn't wish yeah. to do that well, they the, should then but each this individual is what freedom, decides this is what freedom is, and that's what would work. I just am blown away by all this. $70 million spent on arguing over one word as far as its legal definition. This is the insanity of politics. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number. Brought to you by SACL CAI 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Those features include the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. That's a lot of stuff. A lot of topics, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all free, and it's over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That, again, is bbs.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls here. Talk to Derek in New York. Derek, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hey, what's on your mind, Derek? Hey, uh, Ian. I've listened to the show for two years. I'm a big fan. It's the first Welcome. time ever called in. Hmm. Um, I want to talk about property. Uh, I have disagree with libertarians. Um, libertarianism, like, it's a strong philosophy not to, uh, to enact force on anybody else, but I feel like property... Uh, inherently involves force. You're saying, like, this is my shoe, and if you come and, and touch my shoe, then I have right to exert force on you. And well, it would know, be I... defensive force. You would be initiating force by attempting to steal what is uh, what is rightfully no, mine. If I don't, if I don't believe in property, I don't believe in theft. <laughs> well, if you don't believe in property, then you wouldn't have any problem with people coming and taking your car from you and your toothbrush from you and uh, all of the other things that you might have thought you had claim over. You'd agree that property Absolutely. exists uh, today, right? Right, just like you guys would agree that government exists today. Oh, absolutely. Right? I would agree that men and women calling themselves government exist. I you think the concept that. of government is like suggesting there's a forest. It's not a forest, there right, are only just trees. Right, like men and women classifying 
a certain thing, a certain group of matter as property exists. Fair so enough. It's still an abstract concept like government that I think is morally um, unacceptable. Well, uh, that property is morally unacceptable? Yeah. You know that I mean here you're talking about uh popping uh, you know changing the very foundation of what makes us human. Um well, so, so are you guys every night. No, no, I don't think government makes us human. Uh, I don't think property makes us human either. Okay, but um, I, I think it does, and I'm, I'm willing to talk to you about that. Can you explain um, why, Mark? Well, sure. The uh, How about your photo Do you have uh, photo albums that are precious to you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I put them on the internet for everybody to share. Well, oh, okay, great. Um, and and I'm glad that you you know the technology has moved to the point that you will uh, likely to be able to keep those uh, uh, photos that are precious to you. There, I'm sure that there are keepsakes um, and things that you have that are important to you. Um, I mean, what about those things? Are those your property? Oh no, absolutely not. I think there's definitely a moral problem to me in acting force. and on anyone who wants to uh, take something. Where, where do you I'd live? Like, I'd like to have them. Yeah, now. where do you live? <laughs> Would you go ahead and Where, give out your address so people can come and, you know, take some of your the, the things that are not yours that just happen to be around you? I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not going to give out my address because that's not the society. But if somebody who did come up to your house uh, decided they wanted to just come, or, I mean, the, the house that you occupy, uh, if they decided that they wanted to come into that particular area of land and walk away with so, some of the things that happen to be surrounding you, you'd be okay with that? I mean, obviously it's not convenient in, in today's society where we have property, but... In oh wait! I thought, but you see, now I can I can live liberty today. I can try very very hard, and I can live very very free today. And you could, if you, you chose. Yes, I, I can. Oh, yes, I can. I could go out into the woods and to say I'm not dealing with government anymore. You could, if you, you wish. Dealing with government indirectly. I would at some point, but I would uh, be dealing with it very very in a very very small basis. You could do the same, but you choose not to. I mean, yeah, I could do the same, but I choose not to. Just you're not living the change you're you wish to see. Well, I mean, I just, I no, there's a big difference between hypocrisy and not living the change you want to see in the world. When the changes you want to see in the world, we take mass collaboration. Well, yeah, yeah and and, and, and yeah, theft on a, a scale that uh, is unimaginable. Right. And you're going against human nature. I mean, it's it's human nature to want to collect things and and hold them close to to oneself. It, I it, think it also goes beyond and simply property because you own yourself. So, are you going to defend your own life? Because if you don't own anything, you don't own you yourself. Don't own you, yeah. you defend, I mean, if you're not right. going to defend yourself, pacifism is fine. But the thing about libertarianism is it's about the initiation of force, not the enactment of force. So, right, and I'm saying it doesn't go far enough. Uh, to respond to Ian about human nature, I think um, enacting force on others is, uh, is also human nature. That doesn't right. make it right. It I think it's it a weak moral. argument that he had there. And I'd like to say that um, you, you'd mentioned that uh, you know, calling matter yours is uh, you know, an acting, uh, enactment of force. Now, yeah, so absolutely. so where does this stop? I mean, your booty is uh, matter. It takes up, you know, has weight and takes up space. Um, is it not yours? Your booty. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I I don't consider it mine. I mean, good. I, I have some people that really want to talk to you. Where I would draw the distinction is everything that you have <laughs> is everything. I guess the body is where I would draw that distinction. Oh, so, so you're saying the body is so your body is yours? Yes, yes. I would say your only property. Uh, it's interesting. That's why I love you guys. You make me think every night. Uh, as I would say, your body is the only is the only thing that's really property. So you didn't you didn't feel that way last night that the body was yours? 
kind of thing? No, no, I, I have an open mind. I'm like most libertarians. Okay, I'm, good, good, good. I'm glad that um, you know we're we're moving in in a certain direction. So, um, if your body's yours, then it, it you know the idea there, the next step, the next logical progression in the idea of property rights is that if you create something with, with your, your body, body or in time that you own that thing. No, see, I, I don't disagree with that because I mean I, I mean I do disagree with that because okay. I think that. Like aside from your body, everything else is really just uh, things things that were um, that came from the earth. And I think I, I don't think you can own land. I don't think because you went to that land first and you put up. But things wait, didn't wait, just wait, wait, come wait, from. No, no, I've got him. I've got him dead to rights. Okay, so <laughs> so are you a vegetarian? Not, I'm ready. Are you a vegetarian? What? I'm a vegan, actually. Excellent. He, I, th- I think he may live here through this one. Um, so, do, <laughs> um, do, uh, what about a fruitarian? Uh, do you eat? Do you eat? Uh, like, do, do plants have to die in order for you to eat? Um, yeah, I, I'm not a fruitarian. Plants do have to die in order for me to eat. And the okay. difference is that plants don't have preferences. There's a great book. Oh, uh, I, can, I can assure you that plants prefer to live. That's why they continue to grow tall no, in forests no, in order to get to sunlight. All preferences, all preferences are based on your ability to feel pain. There's a great book by Peter Singer I would recommend that you now, read. Now, I've seen um, – I, 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 I've heard this argument before, but I've seen on PBS, which to me is the, the next closest thing to the Bible, um, that PBS where plants had reacted to the killing of a fly in another room, that they were able to uh, you know, look at the reaction of the plant. Now, how is it that plants can't feel pain if they can react to a fly being killed in another room? Uh, I'm not familiar with the study that you that you're. What if you found that plant that plants could? What if it was proven to you that plants could feel pain? How would you feel then? He dropped. Oh darn it! Well, if he calls back, we'd love to have him back. Well, Fascinating conversation. Uh, Go the, with the, the point, vegan Mark. the vegan thing really does put him in a nice position, I must say. Um, if he's if he, you know if he did eat meat, then the organs that uh, you know that he's eating from the the, the you know whatever uh, animal it is that he's eating, one could make the same argument about his organs being neat. I, look, I you need organs to live. I need a kidney transplant. Give him here, pal. You think you own your body? I don't think so. I mean, how does he get to draw the line that he owns his body? if he gets to draw the line that I don't own things that I've created with mine. Where I'm a little bit unclear is, does he own his labor? Like, do, does he have control over what he does with his body? I mean, if he owns his body, I guess, but... Apparently, but the results of his labor he claims to not own. Which... So what's the point of owning yourself if you can't make it... Well, you know, I guess you, you could can't claim... actually improve the world... The, it, Conditions around you. Well, you could claim that the you know that owning yourself would mean you couldn't be raped. So I mean that would kind of be nice because you wouldn't be able to be uh, molested and, and things but, like but that. But rape is a willingness issue. Um, I mean because you essentially are doing similar things uh, when you know having sex as you are uh, raping, except that there's a willingness, uh, por- um, you know, aspect to it. So right, but if you own Eric yourself, back. you can you He's can back. consent. So if you if yeah, you own yourself, sorry, guys, my phone must have yeah, it's just one of those things. I figured you'd be back. So I want to go back to the issue of property and uh, the, the you know the, the you say you own yourself, Mark. You were asking yeah, a question right. about when you actually do work to create something. Let's talk. Let's say you're whittling some wood into well, a, forget, a rocking chair. Forget wood and whittling. Um, now there are people oh, out there. For, appreciate that. What's that? You go right ahead. It's your show. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, because the, the fact is, it's the tree. He's going to say, well, the tree owns itself. And, and you need, what you need to do is you need to be able to talk a service entirely. So there are people out there that make money by simply performing services that require no uh, goods at all, no, no hard capital. Uh, let's, so let's call me a belly dancer. All right? Um, now, can I be- now, since I own my body, as you have said, can I belly yeah. dance for money? Can I exchange my body for things? My, my um, services? I, don't, I don't really believe in a society where there's money. I, uh, I think money is there. 
How, how can you possibly, um, how can things function His without His society money? is insane, oh, Mark, Mark, and that's where I was going to go with this. Hang on, we'll bring you back, Derek. Hang on, we'll give you a chance to explain yourself. A, a society functioning without money, we have to get back to that point, so don't let us forget that. And I still want to talk about the uh, whittling wood thing, because I wanted to go somewhere with that. Okay. Uh, creating products, because he said trees don't own themselves. You can eat trees and do things with trees and stuff like that. It's but not they're property. free for everyone. Everyone owns them. That's it's true. communism, baby. But, but not everyone knows how to whittle things out of wood. More on the way. You can take control here. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You might be able to get in here at 800-259-9231, though we are in a hot and heavy conversation. Oh, I, I think I'd like to talk to Derek all the way to the end, I suspect. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. We do need your votes at vote.freetalklive.com. It's one of the... Uh, the, the the ways you can help support Free Talk Live, and it's one of the easiest ways. Uh, just go to vote.freetalklive.com. All you need is your email address. You punch it in there, add a comment if you like. That's totally optional. And you'll be verified, which means an email will be sent to your address to make sure you're a real-life human being. And then you click the link inside the email. Your vote is confirmed, and you'll help us help boost us, hopefully, up to the number one position. We're currently the number two slotted show, so we need your help at vote. .freetalklive.com. It's only once a month that you need to do this, so uh, please do it by the end of November if you can. Please vote .freetalklive.com. As we go back to Derek in New York, Derek, uh, would you describe yourself as, uh, how would you describe your belief system? Before we um, continue. I don't think I can sum up my political beliefs in one word. Uh, I wish it were that easy. I guess I, I see two different um, sets, like what's realistic and what's not, and I guess what's realistic, I would consider myself a socialist, and in a more abstract view, I don't know. I don't know how it would classify it. Sounds like an anarcho-communist. I guess, I guess the closest, um, yeah, anarcho-communist is probably the closest. I, I would. Which I, I find those two uh, those two philosophies to be completely at odds. It doesn't make any sense to me that uh, someone that would believe in communism would substitute, uh, you know, socialism. Socialism to me is the exact opposite. So, socialism is complete authoritarianism, whereas communism is complete equity. Right. So you're so you're not somebody who wants to force your belief system on everybody else. Um, well, there's basically my philosophy is. Um, to promote economic growth, highest standard of living for everybody. And I feel like libertarianism failed to do that. I feel like if you look, the countries with the, with, uh, the highest quality of life are the most socialistic countries. And I, I, I really started to question my beliefs when I started listening to your show, because I thought you guys had such a strong philosophical argument that you should never enact force on anybody else. And I, I identified with that so much, but it also, I, I but it's feel so convenient. that philosophically property, I feel that property is also... Um, immoral, and that's why that's why I feel like the property is, is the the weak link in the the libertarian argument because property has become yeah. uh, you know it, it's it's such this uh, liquid term. The government essentially owns everything in America, and you rent it or get to use it. So there's not really property anymore, and and now more and more people are turning to points of view uh, like your own. And well, I, let's get back to the money issue because he mentioned he wants a good strong economy for everybody, but if you don't have money, how the hell are you going to pull out? one off well, and property i know it's kind of it's kind of difficult because i'm i'm arguing in two two worlds right here what's the philosophical most moral world and what's the, the world that promotes the greatest amount of economic growth um i feel like it's almost two different political arguments but if you want to talk about the philosophical world which i which is where i feel libertarians are stronger i i think that people can easily exist without money i think that We've existed without money for thousands of years most of human history there's nope. no concept of money there's well there's um, been barter you understand right 
Yeah, I mean... Okay, there, well, there okay, then, so you agree that there's barter. Let's get back to the belly, belly dancing issue. Now, I can yeah. belly dance for, <laughs> to somebody instead of getting paid, uh, you know, a drachma or whatever for this belly dancing. I, I understand how barter breaks down to money. You don't have to... Right, but that. now, uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm not going to break it down. I'm, I'm asking you, can I now trade my belly dancing services, which uh, use no items for uh, goods and services that other people would have? Can I say... Um, I, I could... I envision a world where you don't really necessarily need trade, where everybody would do um, what they wanted. I know you guys would say that there's there's no incentive. Absolutely. And I I still, right now I'm arguing from a philosophical point of view. It'd be nice if people would do that, Derek. It really would. It'd be nice if if doctors would get up and be doctors in order to, uh, um, you know. That absolutely would happen. But but instead they want to be golf players. But people do do what they want. Today, right here in this world today, they do what they want. And they get paid for it. And then they can go and use the money they get paid to go and buy other things that they want to uh, to improve their lives and to to enjoy themselves with. Let's get to the product issue here. because this is, you know, you're saying you don't believe in in property, but you also said, which is unusual for somebody who's a communist, I believe, you also said that you do believe that you own yourself. So, yeah. so if I own myself and I'm widget, you know, I'm I've got my knife and I've cut down a piece of, you know, I've cut down a tree because you say that trees and and uh, you know. Uh, Plants are are game, fair game. So I can cut down a tree, and that's not violating anybody's property rights because there's no property in your world. And I take that tree and I whittle it into a rocking chair, okay? And uh, and, and then I decide that I, I like this rocking chair and I'm going to sit in it. But I get up and I walk away to go get myself a, a cool glass of water from the stream because we don't probably don't have running water considering society's broken down. <laughs> There's no freaking money. Uh, and <laughs> then you decide to come. Then Mark decides to come along and says, "Hey, I like that rocking chair. I, I'm going to take that home with me to the place that I call home, but it's right. not really my home because I don't uh, own it, and you, neither do you. I'm now, just going to move this rocking chair from one location to now, the next. Now, because Mark owns his own body, it would be wrong in your world for me to go and and savagely attack him for stealing yep. what I might have thought was mine, but actually, point of fact, wasn't mine because there's no property. So I yep. couldn't actually attack Mark, which means that Mark, you would be able to go and just take whatever the hell it is that you wanted from anybody that you happen to see having something that you wanted for yourself. Now, I could exactly. go and take that back from you, but right. I'd have to wait until you dropped it, because otherwise I'd be infringing upon your personal property rights, but not your actual property rights, because there is no such thing. Right. Uh, and so, none of what I'm doing is actually immoral, because all I'm doing is amassing stuff in this area that uh, isn't exactly mine, and I can, you know, I'm putting up walls, and uh, I, I'm using tools like uh, AK-47s to shoot people that uh, try to come in this area. I, you know, I haven't done anything morally shoot, you wrong. you can't shoot people, Mark, so people should be able to come in and take things from you when they get the chance. But well, that goes what too about far. electric fences? It goes too far for, for my example. But but let's just stop the example here at you walking off with my rocking chair. Now, I could go and spend the time to try to wait until you put the rocking chair down and went to get your own glass of water to steal it back for myself, or I could go cut down another tree and, you know, just go and create another rocking chair. So I go, I cut down a tree, create another rocking chair, and then Nick comes along, decides he wants to have that rocking chair. He takes it from me, and now I'm out another rocking chair. What is the motivation? What in incentive do I have to make a rocking chair when somebody can just come and take it from me? Well, uh, like I said, we're talking about two different worlds. One, 
where with economic growth, where I feel like we're you're talking failed. about an <laughs> insane world where people will somehow respect all of the things that people have when in fact there's no there's no vision or concept of property in the first place. There's no in, there's no incentive to create anything in a world where people can just take what it is that you create from you and give you nothing in return for it. No one would have any incentive to do anything and create anything original, and so none of the innovation, wonderful products and services that we have today in the marketplace, which were created by people who were in search of a profit, would exist. So you would have no prosperity. You would have no great economy. You would have no products and services to speak of. You'd have crap, dude. You'd have people killing each each other to live in caves. Okay, and now, okay, if you want to talk about libertarianism from that point of view, about promoting economic growth, and I feel like libertarianism isn't the way to go because when you have a government initiating force on people, there will be more innovation and there will be a higher standard of living. You just a- have to example? Look at areas with the high. Okay, now, um, if you look uh, internationally, the, the areas with the highest standard of living are places with a bigger welfare state. Cuba? Places- North Korea? <laughs> I mean, those are some of the most. I'm just saying that those are some of the most socialist and status countries in terms of you, dogma. You certainly can make the argument that if some you of the also Western have Somalia. Okay, you can. There's, there's tons of examples you can throw out. Like what, sure, Somalia's uh, here's, quality here's of life is improving. With what you're talking about um, is that the uh, Western, you know, Western European countries like Sweden and France and things like that, they do under. Uh, I, I know Sweden for sure. Under uh, experiences a, a higher degree of uh, you know living across the board. Uh, but you know, my standard of living is probably better. Uh, you know, in the what lower middle income or middle income uh, bracket is probably better than the people in uh, Sweden. But you know, when you take everybody in the United States uh, across the board and, and look at these things, that's true. But it's because like we're, we're it's because this is not capitalism, and it's because we're being all being taxed at similar amounts. But our stuff is being spent on military crap that goes boom in order to protect the NATO countries of which Sweden is a member. Our citizens. Uh, the United States citizens are being uh, taxed to protect the Swedish citizens. The Swedish citizens are being taxed to provide a higher standard of living for Sweden. You understand how unfair that is? I, I absolutely understand. And okay, you, great. <laughs> trust me, I'm totally with you on. You know what, Derek? So, you should call military. us back sometime. So that's why it doesn't out. make any sense. Oh, we're out of time for tonight. I thank you for the call. It's not a fair comparison. Yeah, Great conversation. We that. need more communists calling this show. It's always call good. A, a seven o'clock hour. We'll talk oh, to you for yeah, three. You it's always good. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk to you the whole hour. I mean, if you can keep it up. But man, you got, you got <laughs> nothing, dude. I thank you for the call. <laughs> you got. <laughs> nothing. He keeps acting like he's got and, something. And it's you, fine. Yeah, right. But you'll have nothing if you actually had your your vision come to fruition. You would have a society in which no one has any motivation well, to do anything. Anarcho-communism would be great if it would work, but it won't. But, but when you call and you advocate state socialism, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to be confrontational, but it's not really very far, it's not up the ladder at all from, say, advocating fascism or national socialism, viewing people in groups of classes and instead of race. I mean, it's not any better than Nazism, really. Take, the Soviet Union is not what we want to be like. Well, obviously, I'm sure he would agree with that. They probably didn't do it right, and if you oh, put they, him in charge, he'd do it right. That's what will happen. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're done. It's Vinny in here with you. And Nick. And Mark. That's true. There's reality versus fantasy. More on the way tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 